Welcome to Talking Far, Far Away. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. Join Brick City Blockade as we discuss the canon of a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Welcome to a special episode from the Brick City Block Podcast Network. Sorry, I'm just doing that because it's Halloween time here in the United States. And you know, Scott Inch absolutely loves this season called Halloween. Uh, no, he, he's shaking his head right now. He cannot stand it. Scott, how's it going on this episode, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> It is going well. It's been a very busy weekend. Yes, Star Trek uh, weekend for you, my friend. Yes, yes. The enemy of the of Star Wars, shall we say, for people. But I embrace both because I'm a I'm a geek and I like both. And there were people there dressed up as Deadpool, Darth Vader, and the Doctor. Really? Yeah. At a Star Trek convention. Yes. Wow. Well, technically, there was a Doctor Who's uh, Star Trek crossover in the comics. That's true. And there has been his way over. Yeah, and there there was an X Men Star Trek crossover in comics and books. Ah, so there could be some valid canon theory to why that choice was made. Maybe. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not whatsoever. But here on talking far, far away, I think. You know, as we always say on the podcast, the conversations are always as interesting before we hit the record button. And of course, my uh, <laughs> my interpretation of uh, Vlad the Impaler himself uh, could could have done a little bit better. I feel uh, I feel like it could have done a much better job, but I think it was a great little seasoned intro uh, for this episode. And I think, in spirit of that conversation, you know, there's. There's another kind of Vlad the Impaler that actually exists in the Star Wars universe, I would feel. Uh, maybe he will become this person. Um, I see Kylo Ren, Mr. Scott Inch, being a very fascinating character heading forward here uh, into Episode Nine. We saw a lot of stuff happen in The Last Jedi. Um, the relationship between him and Hux as you adjust your seat. And, uh, a lot of, <laughs> and a lot of other things that kind of took place with the defeat of Supreme Leader Snoke. And as I said before, we hit the record button, I feel like Kylo Ren's role in the First Order is going to change, not necessarily as him becoming the Supreme Leader, but I think he's going to abandon what whatever the First Order had. One of the terms I, I use in this theory is, is called the Ren Empire. And it's very similar to what we've seen in KOTOR and a lot of the other Sith legacies where the leader basically considers the empire theirs and their name takes over. And the interesting part in this, Scott, is that not only does that mean Kylo Ren, but the Knights of Ren as well. So there's more people. And I think Kylo Ren's going to have a major piece of this film. I personally, this is all speculation. This is a speculation-heavy episode, but it's all. So take it with a grain of salt. But Scott, what what do you feel? Do you think Kylo Ren may have something else up his sleeves that may turn the First Order back on its head and, and into a different direction. Hmm. I think so, maybe. Yes. I think he's um, he was all over the place after Last Jedi. He was like, you can see he, he was, his emotions were all over the place for a start. Uh-huh. He wasn't in control. The only time he was in control was when he actually killed um, Supreme Leader Snoke. Like this. 
It's actually <laughs> accurate interpretation. Yeah. And that was all the time he was in control because the leader was about to kill Ray. Um, so that's where he actually... So he's got some connection. Obviously, he's got some connection with Ray. We all know this with their forced like um, after Force Awakens. Yeah, your theory about him maybe reorganising the Empire his way is a, it's a plausible theory because mm-hmm. you're right, the Knights of Ren, before we came on, the, it's kind of been documented, but we haven't really seen it. Mm-hmm. I think we could see the, the Knights of Ren being his knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, go back to the days of like, if you take Cat, if you take the Knights of the Old Republic, like Darth Malak, Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I would even say Malgus. Malgus. Look at how Malgus had just tons of Sith lords that worked under him and were essentially his army. And that's it. Um, so we've got so much bat lore that's not canon that could be weaved into episode nine. And I think J.J. Abrams, based on the way that he set up the Knights of Ren, I was saying before that you know Supreme Leader Snoke throughout this entire thing through. Force Awakens, and then, of course, The Last Jedi. There were times, even in the comic books, even in the adaptations, even in The Last Jedi novel and in The Force Awakens novel, he mentions the Knights of Ren consistently when Mm -hmm. he's speaking with Kylo Ren. So there's obviously this understanding that J.J. Abrams doesn't want the Knights of Ren to be out of the picture yet, and in conversations with Ryan Johnson, it sounds like, he doesn't want the term Knights of Ren to not be part of the Star Wars conversation. And I think that's because of the canon team and Pablo Hidalgo, too, because I'm sure Ryan Johnson sat down with J.J., Pablo Hidalgo, and the rest of the story team and said, probably, what more can we pull from this? If we keep mentioning Knights of Ren, in what form can we truly bring them to where it makes sense for the fans? Because I think even the average Star Wars fan who just goes in, watches the films, enjoys them, they keep hearing that term, Knights of Ren, and without reading the comic books or truly understanding through the novels, where they could have come from, it's like, okay, you keep talking about these guys, but where are they? Other than in a Force flashback, you know, or a Force vision. Where, where are they? Because we see them when Rey touches the lightsaber. They're standing behind Kylo Ren. That's the only time we've seen them. So I'm, I'm starting to wonder if J.J. has saved the Knights of Ren for Episode Nine, Much like the Praetorian Guards, very small role, but where Snoke's guards... Do you see the Knights of Ren take on that same shape for Kylo Ren going forward? It makes him that much more powerful of a figure when he goes from planet to planet trying to conquer the universe. It's the Knights of Ren that show up with Kylo Ren at the head, much like a Darth Malgus. When he went and he tried to take over Alderaan, same idea. Showed up, all the Sith Lords, him at the lead. The Praetorian Guards were not there. (laughs) They're all gone. And... I mean, would they serve Kylo Ren anyway if they have survived? That's right, yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing. Um, no, Kylo wants his own men, people he knows that will not try and kill him. Because, mm-hmm. um, no, again, he's he's not a Sith. That's the funny thing. This that's is the funny thing because he's not a Sith. He's, can you say that Rey's a Jedi? I don't know. I feel she has a completely different it's, it's really hard. I think she's in that kind of place where Ezra is, but... Ezra was 
Sex Jedi, because he was a Jedi Paragon, but he never could. He was still a Padawan after Kanan was killed. This is really hard. Because yeah. we're, yes. we're in uncharted territory here because it all has to be... I feel I'm, I'm stumped. You stumped me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we're, in different, we're in really different territory here now. But yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I'll be conquering the Earth. The, the earth the, there's no Earth in this. Uh, conquering the galaxy with his nice of Ren. They are ready to... Take out the galaxy that won't bend to his rule. And the question is, how tight, how much is the time frame between episodes eight and nine? Well, that's just it. That's I'd just say it. That to place as well. Yeah, a lot would have had to have happened between eight and nine for him to take over that much. I mean, again, that's a great place, fantastic place for the canon to come into the conversation. Really is. But if they're going to go like, I say these theories and speculating based on. Things that we've read, things that we've seen, rumors that have been leaking online, you know, they, they, again, grain of salt stuff. But based on that, if you are to take a direction like that and you are to put it in books, not everybody reads the books. Not everybody yeah. picks up the comic books. So you have that explaining to do. Could you do it in a television show? Probably not because you can't pull those actors and actresses away at that time until after the filming of episode nine. That's the only time you could do it. And at that point, yeah. the average Star Wars fan is going to be like, I wish I knew that ahead of time. Yeah. I wish I knew that ahead of time before I went into it. And it's such a fine line about how they're going to handle Episode Nine. We've heard recently, Scott, that – and this is from Oscar Isaac. John Boyega has said this even before, that there were going to be a lot more freedoms for the actors to really truly break down their characters and say what they feel – their character would say in that moment. There's going to be less scripting and more of the free-flowing character to what's going to happen. I see that happening with Adam Driver in the role of Kylo Ren. I think that he's truly gotten to see him on screen to the point of where he could build his own dialogue on because of how he's been able to work. I think Poe Dameron's a great candidate for that. Daisy Ridley playing Rey and John mm -hmm. Boyega playing the role of Finn. What, what do you think? Do you think that there's a lot more room here now that we're heading in into episode nine, why these discussions are happening, that they have much more free-flowing conversation and works within their script. Do you think that's because JJ's saying, hey, we're wrapping this thing up. You've done two films as these characters. I trust your judgment in how you're going to present them. I think it's that, but it's also if the timeline has jumped. I think that was why. Interesting. This is, this, is the, this is the problem that maybe last year I suffered it's one of the problems. It was a great idea to me to do because I'd never been done before in Star Wars. I was movies done like a two year, three year gap yeah. in between movies. Last year I was the last. Force Awakens last year I was the first time where I mean I we found this out at Star Wars Celebration two thousand sixteen at the Future Films screen mm -hmm. uh, panel that last year I was going to be set moments after episode seven you don't really get into the you don't really are able to expand the character more in, in that sh time frame i mean if you right. look at it last year i set over a few days mm -hmm. yeah and essentially it's not, yeah it's not set over a few of like not like movies like are set over 
couple of weeks or days, a uh, couple of weeks or, you know, like a lot of movies, you know, but this was just set over. I'm trying to think how many days you could say, three days? Yeah, I mean, I think in reality you could say yeah. about three days because of um, when the, the supremacy was chasing the rest of the resistance and the let in the... Uh, evacuation from Dakar yeah. and going to, you know, Canto Bight and everything. And they had the time on them saying, you know, this is how much time we have left. I'd have to go back and look, but it had the exact number of days and hours that they had to complete their mission. That yeah. would probably tell you right there. I mean, I was thinking like the nights on Act 2, and I'm just thinking they spent, what, two nights, three nights there? One. I would think it would be because she chased after Luke, and then that's one two three maybe four she may have had four nights on octo yeah that's what you kind of have to i don't know one train in the morning how many lessons was luke to teach her three right three. and he taught her two he taught her two what was the third lesson did she did she learn the third lesson no because <laughs> she doesn't learn her third lesson because she confronts luke after touching ren during during their connection so the next day, I think, was supposed to be her third lesson. But because of that moment, uh, wait, 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 wait. he did teach her her third lesson. She just didn't know. Oh, OK. Um, I'm going to have to go back and watch The Last Jedi now. <laughs> if you really think about it now, her third lesson was distraction. No, distraction is not the word, but you can see what Luke done. And, yeah. and his final act in the final act. Of oh, that's day. true. I would probably say that would be her third lesson. Yeah, it was not. It was not told to her, or shown to her. Yeah. But it's when Luke said to Ren, "I will not be the last of the Jedi." She force pulls. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. Yeah, yep. I it was a silent lesson. Yeah, but she also did the same thing that Luke did. Rushed off. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah. all. And also, yeah, we know that Mark Hamill's coming. This is also I had to laugh at the other days. Like Mark Hamill confirmed he's in episode nine. It's like, yeah, did no one read the press release that came out like a few months back? <laughs> that he's in episode nine. Yeah, the land of colors. Forgot in. about that, I guess. Yeah, he, he, well, he's getting older, you know. My stuff. Am I in episode nine? Oh, what was my wife's then, uh, profession? I guess she was she was a pool person. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I mean, I think that, and it's funny because we talk about Ren and, and his focus on possibly building the Ren Empire with the Knights of Ren helping yeah. him and the acolytes of the Beyond. Somebody, our dear friend Chuck, one day. By the way, kudos to you, Chuck. Keep fighting. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep writing all those fantastic books like you do. Um, no matter what anybody tells you, you keep moving on and you keep uh, keep giving us uh, awesome stories. Um, but in that in that respect, you have what he was able to do with the acolytes of the Beyond and Empire's End, bringing that to the forefront. What does Ray do? Because she is now preceded in the eyes of Kylo Ren, is not is now being possible link between not being the last Jedi. But the the voice for future Jedi, that, that's essentially what Luke is saying, that I will not be the last, but there is somebody who's going to continue to push forward yeah. Jedi teachings or the teachings of the Force and whatever else. So Ren is, is noticing that, and he has to keep that at the back of his head. What is Rey doing? What is Rey doing during this time? Is she going down a very similar path? Is the Resistance turning to her and saying, listen, Luke basically blessed you with these with these books 
and the opportunity to bring forth these teachings to force users that may still exist in the galaxy. We truly, almost like an Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our only hope. Is that essentially what the resistance is going to look towards between Leia now asking to Rey, listen, you're our only hope when it comes to possibly taking out what's existing out there now. That That's what I'm starting to think, Scott. Maybe. 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 I like that answer. I don't want the same kind of storyline we've already had. I know, and, and Star Wars is known. Star Wars is known for pulling in different aspects from things that we've already seen. Yeah, uh, not just Star Wars, but every franchise has done it. That's true. Jurassic Park has done that in the past, yeah. of things and Star yeah. Trek's done it on TV, like the yeah. Dark Story that was done in Deep Space Nine, and the same kind of story was brought on the Enterprise. So it's day. more of just a, a fan, you know, directorial <laughs> understanding to do that, yeah. Yeah, not just that. I mean, I, I don't want this to be a repeat of Return of the Jedi. I think, but see, I think Last Jedi has so many tones that are Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi that I feel that they've already knocked out that possibility. And that I don't think so. I don't think really? so. Yeah, I think J, because JJ will be looking to bring the fans back together. He did do that with Force Awakens, although some fans didn't like Force Awakens. I haven't rewatched it last year yet. I haven't got around to rewatching it uh, since it's been in the cinema. Um, so I need to get a fresh view of it. I think it was, you know my feelings on Canterbury in the, that last scene. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. If I see that, I will cry. I, I, do, I do think he might do Return of the Jedi a bit. I might be wrong. That's an interesting piece of speculation. Well, it's just because J.A. has never closed out a franchise. That's true. He's always right. intro to franchise. Yeah, like he did it with Star Trek. He's done it with Lost. He's done a Alias. I don't think did he work on Alias. Uh, I don't think he was directly involved, but I think oh. he was part of behind the scenes in terms yeah. of what was developed. But he never finished it. Correct. You, you see a pattern. I see. It. I see that pattern. Yes, I think a lot of so, people would agree with you too. Yeah, I mean, even uh, Cloverfield. Ah, yes, reintroduction. Uh, yeah, he introduced it. Everybody else has carried it on. And nobody knows where they're from. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time. I love it. Oh, no one knows where this monster came from. Where is it, like, the, the Cloverfield monster? Where did it come from? I know. Yeah. I know. Where do they come from, you know? Yeah, so you can see like, certain things, you know. He has never closed a franchise. He's always carried a franchise. He's always... Here it is... And got off. So my I my concerns are can he pull it off? But that, I'm kind of jumping away from it. But I'm, I I think he might go down last Return of the Jedi route a wee bit to help with it. He could, but I might be wrong. But I I see a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, and that's a very fascinating theory because again, this is like having fun with speculation type episode if anybody hasn't gotten up to that at this point. Rumors around episode nine is Snoke and return. Is Snoke truly not dead? Is Palpatine going to show up at some point? Or is there that... be something in there? Yes. What are you going to say? I, I don't think so. I I know there's talk of this, Brian, two previous trilogies together. But again, you're, you're wanting to do something new. I'm up for new. Yeah. I'm up for a bit of nostalgia. But don't rehearse Brian Palpatine back in it. Don't do that. that. That was Vader's thing. If you do that, you just it just shows you've not got any ideas. 
you're just like, oh, we need this guy, we need this, we need that, we need this. Why not bring Padme back? Well, it's, we're starting to see that with Vader, right? The, the development of Vader's castle was the whole reason was to resurrect the memory of, of uh-huh. Padme. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just, it, anyway, <laughs> it's not really that spoilery, because that, that's very minor compared to the rest that's out there. Right, just don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. I will... Because they get my hands on it last week, so I haven't. But as you have aware, I have been well, busy. That, it, it, you're very busy, man. You've been enjoying your Star Trek over the last week, yes. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> listen, if you are to, and this is where, stop showing me that, that beautiful picture of you too. Um, listen, if you, based on what you're saying, Scott, is that if he is going to do maybe a slight rehash? Are you saying a slight rehash or a full rehash of Return of the Jedi? Slight rehash. A slight rehash. So if he's going to do that then who is the person that Rey has to face? Is it Kylo Ren that she has to face in the throne room kind of situation? Or is it somebody else? Is 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 Snoke not the the supreme overlord, the supreme leader that everybody's been speaking of, but he's just he's the actual puppet in all of this. Because the concept art for Force Awakens shows that Luke and Rey enter this th- this throne room and then that same concept art made it into the last Jedi as well. Except it was changed up just a little bit. We saw that throne room play out, of course, in The Last Jedi. But the design of it was very different than what we saw actually play out in The Last Jedi. So I'm wondering, is there still a final battle involved that doesn't involve Rey and Kylo? And they're going to use them later on. We're going to age them. We're going to wait to show episode 10. And there's somebody else that Rey has to face that's above it all. Because that's what Return of the Jedi-esque you you stood there. You stood there. I can't. I can't come up with a theory. I mean, does does he face the Hamburglar? Does he face uh, Scruff McGruff? I I don't know. Is, is there... I like that. I I know that I I have heard rumors that Scruff McGruff is uh, the big bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, this sounds like a bad idea. The bad idea. <laughs> um, I think the big bad guy could be Tim Allen. Yeah, yeah, um, I like that idea. <laughs> um, Scott, there, there, if if it's going to carry that that feeling to it, I almost feel like maybe it is Kylo Ren. Maybe I, I, it is. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think about who could be above Kylo Ren, and it was originally Snoke. Yeah, above him. So the, the ultimate manipulator. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But who could that be? I mean, Plagueis? we know that... Dude, is that where those rumors start showing up? But, I mean, no, I don't think it was Plagueis. I don't, I don't really know. I honestly do not know. I, I do feel it'd be... I feel Ray and... Because so you have it Vader and Luke style. Like, that's, yeah. that's essentially what it would be. Yeah, because it, this is the thing. Bro, unlike Last Jedi, we're not Return of the Jedi, or Revenge of the Jedi, as it was originally called. Um, you had to, um, you know, you had the Emperor there. He was the one who was wanting to kick Vader away to use Luke. But, yeah, who, who can it? I don't see it being a big, big guy. This is oh, this, interesting. Yeah, yeah, there's no big guy. And the other big guy... They could be a would be Kyle Ray. Now you've got to have a final battle between them two. They're they're the they're the Yes. It's just like Return of the Jedi. There is somebody above that that is trying to manipulate Kylo Ren, but maybe turns him or maybe truly flips him on his head and makes him realize, oh man, I'm on the wrong side of this all. I'm just wondering if that's how based on what you're saying, and I agree with you, 
I do think that J.J. Abrams is going to pull pieces from Return of the Jedi. I think he's totally going to do that because of the fandom that's going to be there. You're going to have to please the newer fandom with the ones that were there for Return of the Jedi in the 80s. You're going to have to do that. Do you think, what was that plan? It was an episode in Trial of the Apprentice. Such a name. Oh, oh. You know how much I've said this all along. Yes. And it has got, and because of it, it start, and they haven't done it, it's kind of threw me off a bit. Put the canon and the books and the TV and the movies. The, the, it's the movie, it's like the MCU, the movies and the TVs just do not connect. The comics and the TVs just don't connect. The only one that's done it so far has mm. been the spin offs. Yeah. The, the other ones have. This is why we're going off for a return here. This is why no, no. Resistance, I feel, will not fit in. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's, it's own separate entity. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to fit in. Um, but then I, I, I was missing a uh, Ken Napsok about it. Yes. Him after and said, you know, that I was wrong. We said it ourselves, but I was wrong about mm. the fact that resistance was not kid. It's it was misremarketed. I've said this. Sure. Yeah, misremarketed. Um, and he agreed with me. Well, I, he, I agreed with him when he's been <laughs> Yeah, I I'm really I'm really stumped because I don't know who who the big bad could be. I don't know. I'd really think the big bad could be Kylo because of what he's. There's no way to redeem this guy. There's no way to redeem this guy. Once you kill yeah. your dad, you're, you're like, could you imagine uh, Anakin killing his mother? There would yeah. be no way to redeem. There was no. He was redeemed after killing young, younglings. Uh, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Obi Wan. I I don't really know. You you're like I'm like you. I'm really stumped. Yeah, this is it's the first time that I actually feel going into, and maybe this is J.J. Abrams' approach to this, was because going into Force Awakens and then of course the Last Jedi, we set such high expectations for ourselves going into see this is what we want to see, this is what we want to happen. Episode nine to its fullest extent. We have absolutely no idea, and maybe that's best for the fans. I'm saying that to everybody out there. Again, this is fun speculation. We're having fun with it. Take it with a grain of salt. But even though we're having fun with this, take everything with a grain of salt because this is what's so fun about it. We're talking about this, but I don't have any expectations of what I want to see in this film. I want J.J. Abrams to do what he did with Force Awakens, some of the magic of The Force Awakens, and bring it to a whole new level. Return of the Jedi was a dark film. It truly was. Other than the Yub Nub celebration at the end and the Ewoks taking out the ATSTs, that was where the light hearted was. In all of in all of that film, it wasn't until truly the end of the film we saw it. And I feel that that makes the most sense coming out of The Last Jedi. Nothing ended well. As much as you could say Ray and everybody was on the Falcon and they took off, they lost their entire crew. What yeah. was on the Falcon? That was it. That's all they had left. No, there wasn't. Uh-oh. No, Stop correcting me. Wait, 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 wait. No. Who else? There was other people who altered the systems and they weren't on the Falcon. You know who where they were. The final Potamina comic. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. So there so. were others that were scattered amongst the rest of the galaxy at the time. Yeah. However, we're not directly involved in that. Thank you for the canon update there, Scott. I needed that because I did read that issue. 
and I'm very ashamed that I did not pull from that directly. It's why he's got inches here, folks. That's why he's here. Uh, don't give me the finger. Don't give me the wavy finger. Nobody will see this in the actual audio. But anyway, I feel that. And see, now I got off my point because he did the wavy finger. I, I totally lost my train of thought, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's lost his mind. These are the people that are left, and these are the people that have got to build resistance. Yes, that's okay, we got you. Hey, yay! Well done, well done. I was paying attention. You were so essentially with the resistance now flocking away from whatever troubles may lie in their way. You want that finger? So you still have members of the resistance that are still floating out there. That have no idea what if what has happened. Maybe they heard some calls after the fact um, about what had happened. However, the resistance is on the run now, and you have the first order. You know, the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Nothing is hunky dory right now. Han was in Carbonite. They had to go save him. Luke had to go after. They had to retrieve him, and then essentially, essentially, prepare themselves for for a final battle. Was with the entire spectrum of it. Luke finally goes back and he figures out this is what I, you know, this is the pathway I have to go down. And it gets to the point of, does Ray have that kind of moment like Luke did? That he, that, that again, Ray faced Kylo Ren to start, essentially, was faced with Snoke, a very much Return of the Jedi type scene. She goes back to Octu, mm-hmm. and what I think would be awesome is Luke's Force Ghost is there. And she goes back to correspond with Luke because what does Luke do with Yoda? He goes back to Dagobah after he's faced Vader to finally get, like, you never told me that he was, you know, I never knew he was my father. I never knew this. I never knew that. And then Ray goes back to Luke and says, you know, I was, I was wrong. You, you were right. It's not going to go the way I, I think. And basically, you busted your, your ass to get me into the position I am now. Because you made the ultimate sacrifice of basically putting yourself one with the Force so that the rest of the Resistance and Leia, like Poe Dameron says, Luke is stalling. He's stalling us so that we can find a way out. And I feel that Rey may have that moment where she goes to Ah, too. Maybe it's burned down. Maybe Ren finally went there. The ghost of Luke Skywalker is still there. And Yoda still is still there. Well, they could be anywhere. I know, but it, it would just make sense if, if you're saying the Return of the Jedi type feel to it, yeah. that she would go back to Octu where she went to first try to train. We'll wait till we get the first trailers out. Once we start seeing trailers, I mean, there's talk of them being on back on Yavin 4. I, I don't want to go uh, back to Yavin. Well, um, you could pull some of the Sith legacy stuff, the stuff that was left behind, um, you know? Um, yeah, there was a um, um, Yavin Four. You could know. pull some of that. That's deep. That's deep lore, though. That's yeah, pretty that's, they won't do that. This is uh, yeah, they won't do that because JD won't do that. This is another conversation, Scott, because um, you talked about the trailer, and our good friends over at Collider Jedi Council on a recent episode, they were talking uh, Christian Harloff, Ken Knapsack. Um, they were discussing possibly when could we see our first look at Episode Nine. And one of the conversations was, well, we got Force Awakens in November. We're talking about J.J. Abrams again. Do you think November? Not even a teaser. That was different. Because they were reintroducing the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to kind of just get it out there. That's different. That was was something different. They would have done the very same thing for 
Nog var det inte bara på det där. Det var ett annat simtaperepisod. Det var bara inte det där. Det är celebration. You think you think they're gonna wait until celebration to give us something? Yeah, kind of like celebration be coming out in two months yes. time. But anyway, yeah. that's that's different. Um, but no, it'll be celebration. You think celebration? I think going by previous timelines, Porsche Weekend's title was released in 2014. You think we'll get a title by November? No. <laughs> I think I think you'll get the title and because those they're finished filming next month, maybe next year when they start filming July. So probably Yeah, so we're looking at probably the beginning of December, maybe December, late November. Late November, beginning of December, maybe February March before they start for finish. You must remember they started filming last Jedi in February two thousand sixteen. I didn't finish filming until July 2016. That was six months. Six, mm-hmm. yeah, six months of filming. Because um, they had just came off set and straight to celebration from Mark Hamill and that. Because Mark Hamill had not even shaved. Right. That's right. Yeah. So there's that. I'm trying to think what else. It's... It's interesting that you bring that up because I feel like since Star Wars is not going to be in December this year, it, and I've heard from so many different people. I was at the Halloween event at the mall this this past weekend for Brick City Blockade, and we were doing a lot of promo work. So like and, yes, and every single family came up to me and said, "And this is just the average moviegoer. Oh, is there a Star Wars movie this December?" No, and, and I said, "No." I said, "No, Solo." was the summer and that's it. And they every single father, mother, teenager asked us. They said, what's going to happen in December then? Because December has almost become our Star Wars tradition. Yeah. We go before Christmas and we see Star Wars now. Ever since The Force Awakens. Yeah. And my thought around that is, okay, when December hits, they do have to give us something. Marketing-wise. They, they should give us something. Because of that time slot. You, you, you made Bob Iger and everybody over at Lucasfilm and Disney made the decision to move Solo into the summer slot. Okay, Now you have everybody leading up to the December time saying, there's not much happening, guys. We have Star Wars Resistance. We have everything else surrounding these rumors and discussions. And the Mandalorian's going to be coming up very soon. What's going on with Benioff and Weiss? I think because of Ryan Johnson's trilogy that he's working on and Benioff and Weiss and what they're mm-hmm. doing, we get everything happening with John Favreau. We get the news at the Mandalorian. We get that first set picture. I think they're waiting until December to give us either something from Benioff and Weiss or something from the Ryan Johnson trilogy and tell us what that is then. Much like the Mandalorian, our first look and a title for what it is. Possibly. They mm-hmm. need something because everybody's going to come, <laughs> all these families, they're going to be like, where's our Star Wars this December? Other than Star Wars Resistance. Well, I've got my Star Wars this December. Oh, I know. You, you're going to see a new hope with the cinematic and everything. The symphony. See your face. Um, <laughs> well, there are other movies out in December. Hey, you want to tell all those families that too? You've got Mary Poppins. Well, that's... You've got Aquaman. Do we see... Oh, see, this is, this is getting interesting now. That's interesting but, territory. Yeah, well, that's different. Um... The problem was Disney. If Disney were going to put Mary Poppins out 
would you honestly think Disney would want to compete with themselves against right. Star Wars? Mary Poppins is coming back after what fifty five something Correct. years there, and that December time slot is perfect for it. Yeah, when was Mary Poppins? Nineteen sixty what? Sixty five? Sixty six? Continue talking. I'm going to have a look. Yeah. No, I think I think you bring up an interesting point. You know, Disney didn't want to compete with itself if they put Solo in the December slot and they put it up against Mary Poppins. I just still, I would have, I would believe that Mary Poppins would have beat out Solo anyway because of the family aspect to it. Um, sixty-four. Sixty-four. Okay, so you're talking about oh, fifty-four years then. Fifty-four. Fifty-four years, and so you don't want to release a movie set. It's coming back. A sequel to a movie. It's. I mean, I'll be. I'll be there to see Mary Poppins. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're all over. We're all grown men who are saying spoonful of sugar in our sweets. Um, oh. Oh. Um, so yeah, Disney just wanted to put Solo out to compete with itself because if it did, then it wouldn't do well. Um. It's a very interesting time because there's more movies getting made than ever. And everyone's like, no, there's not. It's like, there is, if you actually look at film schedules, there's a lot of crap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, you're right. But they, don't want to, they don't want to do that. Disney, Disney doesn't like competing with itself. It likes to make the money. Right, of course. So, of course. honestly... That's why they'll be like, well, we'll put Star Wars here, and then we'll put. And also, it was an experiment to see if they could do Star Wars like in that summertime slot. Yeah, and I think they forgot that, like, when Star Wars came back in two thousand and ninety-seven, nineteen eighty, was episode. Remember, was yeah, and then 1999, 2002, 2005, it was all May. What's different about back then as today? What, what's the big difference? Well, <laughs> the big difference nowadays is that the control of all these films and, and the way that they're releasing them, I mean, it's much more competitive. I think... This is just my perspective. I know you're going to say something different, but I think that the film world right now compared to then in terms of, you know, Star Wars in May. Awesome. Great. But it wasn't going up against Marvel films like it, like it is now. Yeah. It wasn't going up against Infinity War. You know, it, it, it's a very different time where you have blockbusters. You have back then a blockbuster. Great. Did great for the studio. They made their money. But there were so many different studios. It's all under a few houses now. Yeah. And now they have to spread that love out. And the interest is now is that Star Wars didn't have to compete at the time. And now it has to compete with in-house market with products being made by the same company. And that totally changes. Like I, I think that's what you're getting at. But it totally changes the landscape. And when December comes around, I think that, that that's truly going to be the feeling again. It's yeah. like, where's the, the competition's there? And it's, and, it's, and it's taking effect. I think we're starting to see the Disney effect is what, is what I'm calling it. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they shot, Disney shot themselves in the foot when they released so a couple of weeks after Infinity War. Yeah. Um, which is made a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. It's the fourth highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the only fourth movie in the world to make over two billion. My prediction is the, the Avengers Four will just make as much. Yeah, at least, at least, at least as much. Uh, um, but I yeah, I th- yeah, th- 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 I think next year stuff because there's nothing Avatar Two, but I'm not going to hold out breath for that. Um, that'll be what ten years since Avatar One, and nobody yeah. cares anymore. <laughs> um, I someone told me said to me it was another day and then uh, I realised I was talking about Avatar The Last Airbender not Avatar that maybe um, but December, yeah December I think they gotta December. do they gotta give us an announcement of something don't tell us listen don't tell us a film necessarily just don't. T- I, I just. I think Ryan Johnson an announcement with a picture is just enough. It won't affect Mary Poppins. I. It's just I, a nice little tidbit to have. I think you'll get everything next year celebration because of what to hold back. It's a lot of days at celebration too. It's a five day. You could do an announcement every day for an upcoming project. Oh yeah, because it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. The first, yeah, that's too much. It's a lot. No, sorry. Sorry. It's Thursday, Sunday, Monday. It ends on a Monday. It ends on a Monday? It ends on a Monday. She took up for a drink on Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Monday. Jesus. Uh, I thought that's too long for a convention. That's too long. Um. I. Uh, That's a lot of announcements in one weekend, too. Well, you're going to get. You're going to get the first look at The Mandalorian. You know that. You're going to get first look at Mandalorian. You're going to get first look at definitely uh, episode nine. Yep. Then mm-hmm. the Ice series. Yeah, you're going to get an announcement that. Resistance season two. Yeah, it's pretty. It ain't gonna be Star Wars Rebels like though. That's the uh, thing. You really not... have to do something dramatic to truly, truly make that a. Because Rebels took over Celebration the last time, so it would truly the last have to time. Be the last uh, time before, right? Yeah. In two, two thousand sixteen, just took over that um, because that was the one I was coming out talking. I don't know because it's like Marvel right now; nobody knows what's going on. Isn't that funny? Because a while ago we were saying, "Well, Star Wars, Lucasfilm isn't telling us anything. We don't know exactly what's going on." It's almost been like a role switch in a way. Mm-hmm. Now Marvel's not telling us anything. And now Star Wars is saying, "Here's the Mandalorian. Here's the first look at this. Here's here's what's coming up. Here's it, it's been this whole switchover, and I think that is the formula that they want to take. Yeah, here's your Marvel-based stuff. We're going to throw it to you here, and then we're going to shut it off so that we can talk some Star Wars over here or talk about the other things that we're working on. 
And that's an interesting format. And I think if you, and this is the problem that a lot of people are talking about. I don't know officially if I'm going to be able to make celebration. I don't know what that looks like. But if you're talking about a span of five days, that's a lot of stuff that you have to cover. That's Mm -hmm. a lot of panels that you have to build on. And I'm going to say this. I don't know if they have enough on the books and planned to cover five days worth of information, panels, and subjects. I don't know if they have that much. I think you can because you have the comments, publishing, you'll have a Rebels, some sort of Rebels recap. Of brand brand new stuff. You'll have Clone Wars. But how much can, how many more Clone Wars panels can you do? Well, this will be for season, the the final season. Right. But what I'm saying is, to me, to me, that almost feels like it's it's fan based. Okay, you could do a Saturday panel based on that, right? Okay. You could do a Sunday panel on resistance. Okay, then you have that Friday and Thursday slot. Do you take a Thursday and a Friday to announce an upcoming film and everything? Because you're going to have so many. Usually, here we get here. Going to get my mind straight on this. Every single day of celebration, you either get two or three announcements. That's usually what happens. You get two or three. Three small ones or either two much larger ones mm-hmm. from my mm-hmm. understanding. So now yeah. you have five days. So if you average two to three major announcements every day, that's a lot of projects. And that's a lot of information to be throwing out to the fans. Yeah. They have to they have to watch themselves. Because these past two celebrations, you know, you attended the, the one in London. A lot of people walked out of there and they said, hey, keep we can't wait till Orlando, and then suddenly Orlando came around. It was like, what? That, what, what happened? <laughs> like, I was not. I was very pleased by that. See, and, and that, that's what that, I'm worried about now. Yeah, that was not very nice. They came out and was like, "Oh, we'll tell you more." Was it at the future films panel? They mentioned, yes. oh, "We'll tell you more, Orlando," and it's like, but Orlando's like. I think Christian Harlow said that was pretty annoying as well for people yeah. in the room. Um, I remember seeing a few people say, "But why are you not telling us here?" Like it was, it wasn't streamed live or nothing. They could at least just showed us a wee clip of episode eight, and we yeah. came out there going, "Well, I've seen episode some of episode eight, and ba ba Um, but yeah, then. All he came out with is a there's all the air breakers and so listen in Star Wars we trust and Lucasfilm we trust to make sure that they do these things the right way yeah. I think we look at it from a constructive criticism site and again we're not being negative about it this is just this is just things that are coming up that we're starting to see and at first when I heard that it was going to be these five days Scott I was like Oh, what a great opportunity to, for fans to extend their weekend, have more conversations, be able to truly build on their fandom. And also with all the negativity that's been floating around that we've been combating here at the podcast network, um, you know, it's a great opportunity for everybody to just take a step back, relax, have conversations with people and, and, and to truly open up about our, our fandom. But it's not even that. I'm not worried about the social aspect of it. I'm not worried about how... It's presented to the fans. My concern is not 
the fans, it's the media. It's the networks that are going to be there. When information is not presented the way that we feel it is, Mm -hmm. I'll say this. We are quick to go, hold on a second. We understood it as this, and now you're presenting it as this. So you have five days where information can come out. We process it. The fans may like it a lot, but you know that the media is going to take it and say, whoa, 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 wait a second. Why didn't you tell us this earlier? Why, why, why wasn't this told on, in December where that slot of the film was? Because it wouldn't have affected Mary Poppins or anything. You could have told us what was going on with the Ryan Johnson trilogy then with a picture and an announcement of the name. But you waited until you had five days to tell us in the middle of April. Yeah. Like that's There's a certain logistics to it that I feel sometimes you kind of take a step back. And I think for the fans that are going... It's wonderful. It's a great opportunity to have that experience and to hear those announcements. And I think that that's why they're doing so many days is because it's just action-packed. It's, it, it's going to be announcement after announcement after announcement. But at the same time, where something is always green on the other side, well, sometimes. sometimes. Um, for you, it's many DVDs and uh, Blu-rays. Um, you know, I feel that, Scott... Sometimes too much of a good thing can also be a burden. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Lucasfilm, I think where I trust their judgment and I trust how they're going to handle celebration, I do get worried that they're going to overflow the market with so much news and so much stuff that episode nine might truly leave this, the eyes of the beholder may try may truly leave the minds of people. Give us a trailer but then suddenly you give us our first clip of The Mandalorian. Or you announce something else is coming up with Ryan Johnson. And then you announce that Benioff and Weiss is doing a Game of Thrones-style series that's going to include Boba Fett or something insane. No, like, no. no I'll, I'm, just, I'm just using the example of, of something else. If you are to do that, that's a lot. And you could lose a lot of just marketing time mm-hmm. within that span. So I think my caution, my message to Lucasfilm is five days of celebration is a lot. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. I think three days makes sense. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But within those days, curtail your focus. Episode 9, Ryan Johnson, Benny Offenweiss. That's it. I think that's all you need. I think that's all you need. And I, I get worried with those two extended days, what could happen? Because fan disappointment, I'm sad to say, many fans get very disappointed in this community very quick. And it's sad. And I think, you know, I want Celebration to be a success. And I think Brick City Blockade uh, 100 wants it to be a success because we love everything that Lucasfilm and, and Disney does with the franchise of Star Wars. But be careful and be aware that this is a community that can turn toxic very quick. Very, very quick. Yeah, it can be, uh, it can be very, very bad. Last year, it's kind of proven that. It's proven that quite a bit. Mm. Uh, if, you, if you don't, if you go off in a, a different way or you do something that fans don't like, 
like, I don't know, some people didn't take the fact that Luke was killed off, then that just made things go bad. There were certain things in that movie as well, which people were like, I hate Ryan Johnson for this, or I hate this. It's, yeah, it's unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. death threats and all that. So people who start doing death threats and all that, get a life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's that's a very important message, Scott, is that, you know, we don't we don't aggregate the news when people are put spilling negative news yeah. out there, you know. It's always that more positive side here at the network. But I think as a network that sees the negativity and likes to jump on it and say, we're going to shut it down right away. I think we look at five days of celebration and most likely not all of us are going to be able to attend. And what that day, those five days look like on social media. I can see it already. I can see people going on there and saying, this is not what we asked for. Boycott Star Wars. You know, I can already see that playing out. And I think Lucasfilm has to be very, very careful about the way that they present things. Present them the way that's best for you to make money. That's what it's about. It's about you putting out a franchise that's going to make some money and bring some butts to the seats. Well, that's it. You know, that's, that's the whole purpose. But I'm tired of people like Andy Gutierrez taking the brunt of it. I'm tired of people like Chuck Wendig and Mark Hamill and all these people who are associated with the franchise taking the brunt of it. I think that there does have to be some recognition from Lucasfilm and from Disney that these people who are part of your company are taking the brunt of a lot of decisions that are made. Mm -hmm. And I feel that celebration, five days, could be a great opportunity for everybody to scale back and to say, let's come back together as a community. I hope. And I think we can all start doing that on social media by welcoming people into the community and by saying, hey, are you going to celebration? Oh, let's meet up. Let's talk. Let's have a mature conversation about Star Wars. I think that's the big piece. I agree. I agree. We see it a lot, Scott. (laughs) We see it a lot. We see a lot. We, we're all one big happy geek community family. Yes. Yes, we are. And that's all that matters in the true end is that we all stick together. Those who are attending Celebration have fun. Be aware of the negative Nancys. Report them every five seconds. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> no, don't listen to me on that one. Scott's like never listen to Robin ever. Especially when I start doing Dracula voices. <laughs> well, I think we've come to that time of the show on Talking Far, Far Away. It's a little thing we like to call... Blood time. <laughs> Scott Inch, where can the good people find you across... Social media. You can find me in a coffin line like this. Uh, And also, you can find me Scottish 5. No, that's the wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Scottish85. 
or uh, press break in Scotland. I don't remember that. <laughs> you it's, been a lot, it's been a long day. First it day has been work. a long day. He's already rubbing his eyes and yawning over here. He's, uh, he's, ready. he's ready for his nighttime sleep. Um, <laughs> he's already up. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Votweets. Check out all my tomfoolery, all the positivity, everything happening in the podcast network over on Instagram at the official vote and also me singing the Barbie Girl song, which I think was uh, quite an interesting interpretation on the song. Uh, you guys can also head on over to www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in a galaxy far, far away. Head on over to Tee Public, pick up a t-shirt that helps support the podcast network. Patreon, come be a supporter of the podcast. Helps every way get awesome guests on. Get Scott to actually do an impressive Transylvanian accent. And also, make sure to head on over and support the Starlight Children's Foundation. He coughed. Uh, make sure to support the Starlight Children's Foundation, our, our Galaxy of Hope program with them. We've raised over $1,000. We're going to try to get to 5000 by the end of, of December. Bring some more smiles to some kids' faces. Scott, have a wonderful evening, my friend. And as they always say, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> 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 This sounds awfully ghoulish to me. Let's see how how many bots we can count. One, two, three, three bots. (laughs) Scott Inch is a huge fan of Halloween. Don't shake your head at me, I know it's true. Luke Skywalker once went to Transylvania. Luke Skywalker's a vampire? He's sucking your blood. (laughs) 